Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today's Thursday, February 25th. I'm your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today is my brother, Jeff. How are things going for you, Jeff? Well, good, Rod. How about you? Yep, no complaints today whatsoever. Yep. We've got a guest with us today. None other than Coach Tolliver. Coach, how are things going? Hey, any day above ground is great for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's good to talk to you. We're gonna we're gonna talk some Browns uh, oh, today. Yeah. So, uh, you guys uh, didn't ask. You guys drinking anything tonight? Uh, high quality H two O. H two O. Coach is in same training. Here. Jeff's doing the here. same thing. Yeah. I'm, dr- I'm drinking a Ho Garden. I'll just leave it at that. Everybody knows what a Ho Garden is. Uh, so um, we'll move into football, guys. There's really not much news out there. You know, there's rumors. Really, all that's out there is, is guys talking about free agents and who they think is going to come here and, you know, and, and which teams are fighting for which free agents and all that. It's not, not really news. So we are going to continue with our position breakdowns. We're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about D line today, and we'll start with uh, we'll start with the defensive ends, and we'll talk about uh, guys who I guess finished uh, finished the season, or uh, you know, or maybe got added to the roster. Um, it's kind of an unusual mix because some of these guys are actually free agents now, but that you know they're kind of still tied to the Browns because they haven't signed with anybody. So, so um, we'll just kick it off, and these guys are in no particular order. They're just kind of the order I wrote them down, and I'll take that back. They're in alphabetical order, <laughs> <laughs> so they aren't they aren't in order. So we're going to start with a- Adrian Claiborne. Yeah, I see Adrian Claiborne's 32, 6'3", He played 368 snaps in 2020, and and uh, that's 34%. Uh, he had a PFF grade of 59.8, and his salary for uh, for 2021 is uh, you know it's. Uh, it's a split. I'm just going to say that the total salary is 3.5 million, and that's non-guaranteed. So the Browns, I think, can cut him. Uh, you know, depending on when they cut him, um, they can cut him without, uh, you know, without a cap hit, I believe, or with a minimal cap hit. So let's. Um, I was going to look at his stats here. Adrian Claiborne had, I say. Um, he had three and a half sacks. Um, I think that's probably all we're looking at. With the, I don't think we need to break into tackles and tackles for loss and all that. He had five tackles for loss, and you know, I mean, he filled in admirably. Um, you know, at times for you know, especially when Miles was out and and that. You know, he, he definitely had some good games. So um, let's start off the discussion on Adrian Claiborne, uh, Coach. You're the you're the guest. We're gonna let you go first with Adrian Claiborne. What are your What are your thoughts on him? Um, how you, either how you think he did, and or you know what you think the likelihood is that he's around for for the twenty twenty one season? Yeah, I think the likelihood is there. Um, I did get a chance to see him play a few times, even though a lot of our games in Miss I mean uh, in Tennessee were blacked out. 
But when I did get a chance to see him, I mean, he, he did pretty well. I think with us in any football team, if you have an A-plus starter, right, and you you, you got to recognize that A-plus starter, you know, is going to have to take a couple smoke breaks. But mm-hmm. that backup, you know, he needs to be at least a B player. So I, I think, you know, if, if he was to continue uh, with us and understand the system a little bit more better, he might be a, a pretty good backup just to give us, give our guys, you know, a little time to to rest and recover for a couple of plays. Um, looking at the Browns, though, it, it appears that we're almost in, actually we are in that window of uh, going to the playoffs and making it to the Super Bowl. So I, I would think that if we don't pick up a guy uh, in the free agency, we'll probably draft a guy for that defensive end position. And I, I think it's because of Vernon, to be quite honest with you. Um, his injury, you know, really kind of hurt us some. Matter of fact, it hurt us a lot. Um, not only him and the team, but primarily him because he was about to get a new contract because he was playing some good football, especially yeah. when Miles went down. Especially when Miles went down uh, because of COVID. He was playing some damn good football. Excuse me for cursing. Uh, but for him, I think he'll be a good quality uh, backup for us. And I, I don't think he's going to command like a, a bunch of money, you know, probably around a league minimum. Uh, but Andrew Barry has so much of a, I don't know, he has a knack for just finding that talent. I mean, it's just amazing. He does. <laughs> yeah, so it so. sounds like you're kind of leaning like he, like he might be here for the, for the 21 season. Yeah, I mean, there's a part of me that's saying that, yeah, he might be there for the 2021 season, but there's another part of me, too, that's like we could probably find or an undrafted uh, free agent or something like that to bring on um, and actually teach that guy how to play the game at the speed that we need him. Um, he's 32 yeah. years old. I think we kind of want to get younger at that spot, just a tad bit, if we don't bring in a free agent. Yeah. Okay. I, I hear what you're saying now. So it kind of depends on the construction of the roster and who else is out there. So w- what are your thoughts, Jeff, on, on Claiborne and how safe you think his spot is for 21? Yeah, I think coach is spot on with, um, you know, needing to have guys that rank that rate highly as backups at this point um, in the evolution of this Browns roster. So um you know, we really don't have anybody else at the defensive end position or the edge position that provides that under contract right now. So I would think that he's he's got to be the leader to, you know, fill that role. Um, playing at 33 years old, I mean, we obviously saw that um, he needs a breather. He, he's best when he's coming in um, – periodically fresh and, mm-hmm. um, you know, can, can provide that backup role. So I think, you know, for, for one season at three and a half million, I think the Browns can absorb that this year. Um, yeah. and he probably fills, fills that a nice role as that backup. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm with you. And I, that's kind of what I was trying to get as the, the 3.5 million. Um, but I, I guess it goes back to what coach was saying. It kind of depends who else is out there and what you can get for, you know, who is available and if you can get somebody for less money, but um, right. It, you know, it's gotta be the right guy though. When you're in this spot, you don't just want 
you don't just want, you know, a couple rookie defensive ends coming off the bench that aren't ready to come out there and, you know, and be, you know, contributors. Right. And that's pretty much what we have. If you look at the rest of the guys we're going to talk about tonight. Oh, it's true. That's true. So, um, so let's move on. Let's, uh, let's get miles out of the way because miles isn't going anywhere. Miles is 25, six, four, two, 72. Uh, pretty much looks like we all want to look, um, in our dreams. Um, <laughs> 706 snaps uh, played, uh, 65% of the snaps, um, 89.5 PFF grade. Miles is signed through the through uh, 2026. Um, he only has a cap hit of 9.3 million in 21, uh, 12.9 million in 22, uh, 29 million in 23, and the Browns have a potential out in in 2024 i guess that's when his money really accelerates so um i wouldn't think the browns would be looking at that but maybe that's um where a contract gets renegotiated or something so anyways uh so miles is is signed here for a long time based on that five-year extension of uh five years 125 million 100 million of that's guaranteed and miles um Man, he keeps having these things come up, you know, the the suspension and then COVID this year. And we all know he's going to break the sack record, the Browns team sack record at some point. He gets right up against it and then something happens. So he, he ended up with 12 sacks last year. Uh, he's capable of so many more than that. Um, it, what, do you guys, what do you guys, uh, I don't even know, what, what do you guys want to say about Miles Garrett? I mean, um what do you expect out of him in, in 2021, you know, with the defense being addressed in this offseason? And I'll, I'll let you go first on this, Jeff. Well, yeah, he's he's your um, anchor. He's not going anywhere for a long time, and this defense is going to be built around him. Um, so you hope that he can stay healthy. Um, I, it's scary to think of what kind of – season he could put together um if you know he had a complete season so hopefully 2021 is the year that that happens we've got like you said two more years of him as a reasonably compensated player and then he starts to get extremely expensive um and that's going to tie the team's hands somewhat in terms of who they can put around him so i think these next two years are really critical in terms of um you know how they construct that defensive line and, and based on that we see what miles is really capable of yeah thoughts coach yeah uh, miles when i look at him play he reminds me so much of uh bruce smith uh just his moves um he looks like bruce smith to me i don't, I don't know why i was saying that but uh um, coach i thought you were gonna say he reminds you of you oh no nah, i was a free safe <laughs> So, matter of fact, I was undersized at both positions, so that really doesn't count. But I do look like Miles in the chest. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so so with Miles, I, I think you just got to build that defense around him. Uh, looking at the systems and stuff, looking at Joe Woods, his uh, you know he he's about the safety position because I think he eventually wants to go to three safeties. Um, with Miles, I mean, he can handle it all, but he needs some help. I mean, uh, he's going to be, he takes on double teams, triple teams a lot. Um, 
but really to take him to another another level, he needs some support on that D-line, um, especially that other end spot. When Vernon was in, of course, you know, things looked good. Then there were some times where Vernon looked like, it, you know, he wasn't the best guy out there. But I think once he is hooked up with somebody that has some talent, I'm not going to say on his level of talent, but close, I think he will actually come out and shine a little bit more. I mean, he's been shining since he's been in the league. Um, yeah. If you take away the, the, uh, that, uh, the, the situation in Pittsburgh that year, he was on his way of possibly contending for defensive player of the year then. Then mm-hmm. he was defensive player of the year, you know, this past year. If it wasn't for COVID, hey, he would have probably had at least an additional four sacks. You know, I, I'm i not a, a, uh, a genie here, but, I mean, goodness, he just has some bad luck. But at the same time, as the years progress, he has matured a lot more. He brings a lot to the table just right now, just filling in those gaps those searing gaps on the D-line and, of course, the linebacker core. So once hey, Coach. Once we get another – Sorry, oh, Coach. Go ahead. I, just, I have a quick question for you. We, Rod and I talked last time about um, J.J. Watt. And, you know, oh. just if by some miracle we ended up getting J.J. Watt this, this year, if he decided to come here, um, you know, what kind of impact – his presence would have on miles. Um, is that the kind of player you're talking about? Or are you thinking of someone else? Is there, is there anyone else out there that would have a bigger impact on miles Garrett than JJ Watt? Miller. Von Miller. Yeah. Right off the gate Miller, because he, he can play outside linebacker. He can get that hand off the ground, get in the cover. That can hide our, lack of linebackers with that guy like he can really change up the whole dynamic um even though like i said i it it appears that coach woods want to go to like a three safety type deal bringing in a dime a dime type package but you bring that guy in i mean he he's a d lineman or he's a linebacker just depends but i think miller will probably have more of an impact um but see what what you could slide him down to the D tackle and bring in that kid that you just brought in to play that D D line or a defensive end uh, to give added pressure. See, I look at Watt as being a guy that can anchor down that defensive end and that can slide down to that D tackle if need be and create mismatches. Mm-hmm. That's how I see it on that one. Now with Miller, now you're talking about you can get pressure on the end as well as drop off and play zone coverage. So. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's like which one is more important? Do you really need that linebacker now, or are you going to say, you know what, let's ride with you know JJ who could slide down inside the tackle position every now and again? We could probably get us a, a defensive end in the draft to come in on those plays, NASCAR type packages, and you know we can possibly we may not have to. Well, if you get JJ White, you still have to draft a linebacker. But if you get like yeah. a middle, you don't have to really be too much concerned about getting a linebacker then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, Port Augustine, 24 years old, 6'5", 257. He played 310 snaps, 29%, uh, 65.7 PFF grade. 
He is an exclusive rights free agent. Uh, did not have a sack last year. Um, had his moments, so he played. He played decent. Um, you know, I, I don't even know. Uh, there's there's so many of these guys, and Porter Gustin's probably the guy who got the most playing time, uh, definitely out of out of the remaining guys. So so let's talk about him briefly. I guess is he a guy who's going to kind of get shoved out of the equation if you know if 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 Watt or, or Von Miller gets signed by the Browns um, or, or is he just a, a spot who's looking to get upgraded? What do you guys think his future is? Does he, does he, um, does he have much of a future with the Browns? Do you guys see him as a player who can grow? Um, what do you guys think? At 258, 258 pounds at six foot five, he yeah. sounds like a guy that's going to have to learn how to play the outside linebacker. I think that if he can, you know, get his hand off the line and and learn how to drop in coverage, that might boost mm-hmm. uh, his opportunity to stand on the roster. But I, I don't know. Alvin there, you know, he he flashed. He did, yeah. But if you're talking about, you know, the, the, the time that we're, you know, Thinking of going to the Super Bowl, which is that window, like right now, and I, I don't think he, he would make it because that's like, like I said, that's going from you got an A minus football player that's starting. Now you're bringing in a C plus, and there goes a 15 yard run on his side. Yeah, well, I, I gotta agree with you. He's the kind of guy who who could be a good player on a Browns team, you know, several years ago. But is he good enough for the Browns right now? Uh, what are your thoughts, Jeff? Yeah, that's that's very true. Um, one thing that kind of surprised me about him is it, it seems like he's been around for a while, but he's only 24. Yeah, yeah and, he's still a young and guy. Most of these other guys we're talking about have been, you know, practice squad guys for a while, and they're they're all older than Porter Gustin. So, you know, he's he's had his chances with the big boys. Um, the last couple of seasons and, and yeah, you're right. He's, he's not playing, you know, at that high level, um, but he is only 24, you know, so do you, do you, do you continue to invest in that or, you know, is there somebody that can significantly upgrade the position that you're able to go out and get? And I, I don't see anybody, you know, on the roster right now, that's going to leapfrog him for playing time. So it really does depend on who we bring in. Yeah. I'm, Looking at the wrong thing. Maybe we need to look at his hurries. You know, was he disruptive when he was playing? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think sometimes, you know, as fans and even former players, we we tend to like, okay, we got to see that woo factor. And a lot of the times, you know, the, the best players on the field, yeah, they're getting double teamed, eating up double teams, but nobody's getting the ball past it. So, yeah, yeah I, I, I just got to see more of them, to be honest with yep. you. He's one well, I mean, that if we would have had like a real off-season program, and then he was able to play during like uh, the 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 uh, was it preseason football, he would have probably benefited a lot more off of preseason. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I tell you what, guys, I'm going to lump the next three guys together because they're guys who didn't play much. So I'll give all their stats and you guys tell me 
if you think uh, you know if you think any of these guys really play large, you know, uh, if you think any of these guys are guys that the Browns are looking at to, uh, you know, to be a guy who is is somebody that they would develop and and hope would be on on the roster, you know, for the next next few couple of seasons. Uh, first one's Joe Jackson. He is. He is 24, uh, 6'4", 275. He played 71 snaps, uh, 60.8 PFF grade, and he's an exclusive rights free agent. Uh, Cameron Malvo is 25. He's 6'5", 265. He played 18 snaps, uh, 69 uh, PFF grade. And uh, Georgia Bina is 24. He's 6'3", 240. Um, he is, yeah, he is a uh, also an ex- exclusive rights-free agent um, this year. So all three of those guys. Uh, do you guys see, uh, do you guys know anything um, about any of those three guys that would make you think that um, any one of them would be a, the developmental guy that the Browns are looking at? Um, Jeff, I'll let, you, I'll let you kick that off. Um, <laughs> excuse me, <clears throat> Joe Jackson, um, got some playing time the last couple of years. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not sure about any of these guys really do, do they have the pedigree like was saying to make that step to be that productive backup rotation guy. And that maybe, um, I think the interesting thing is, is that um, I, I show these guys having um, a couple of years left on their deals. It could be because they were drafted somewhere else and released or something. But um, I mean, they're all inexpensive guys. They pretty much have the same uh, value. So from a practice squad standpoint, um, you know, they're sitting there as cheap guys in case of an injury. Um, okay. But I don't think any of them have shown, you know, the ability to to take playing time away from somebody like Port Augustine. Yeah, I think I agree with you there. Coach, any thoughts on any of these three guys? Jordan Elliott. Jordan Elliott. I like that kid. I like Jordan Elliott. I liked him when he was with, uh, I think he was with Mizzou, Missouri. Um. I think he was yeah, pretty fun. Yeah, we haven't gotten to him yet, but yeah, <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> we're still on the uh, DNs, okay. Yeah, we're still on the DNs, but yeah, I tell you what, when we get to Jordan Elliott, I'll let you kick him off. <laughs> Sound good? <laughs> yeah, I know I got excited about that kid. I'm not really <laughs> that is, I like him. Um, yeah, we've only we've only got a few uh, defensive ends left, but yeah, Joe Jackson, uh, Cameron Malvo, or or uh, Georgia Joe. George Obina. And, yeah. and Jeff, you could be right on the contracts. Um, I mean, depending on where you look on some of these guys who are uh, who are uh, reserve futures guys and so and, yeah. or uh, or whatnot, the contracts show a little bit differently right now. Right. I mean, Joe Jackson was a fifth rounder of the Cowboys um, back in 19. Um, Cameron Malvo was a uh, unrestricted free agent by the Dolphins in 17. Um, so, 
you know, I, I don't know what their original contracts looked like um, or how that works with a practice squad player, to be to be quite honest. Um, Joe Jackson may have had a little bit of an advantage by virtue of being a draft pick. Well, I mean, he's he's uh, you know only only twenty four. He's the he's the the biggest guy of the lot, and he he's played the most snaps last season of, of the three guys too. So, you know, if right. you were going to pick one guy to have the biggest chance of of sticking, you would probably go with him out of those three guys. Right. Of those three, yes. Yeah. yeah. So um, so let's go on to uh, Olivier Vernon, thirty years old, six two. 262. He plays bigger, but 262. Uh, played 750 snaps before his injury. 70% of the of the snaps on the season had a 74.2 PFF grade. He's an unrestricted free agent in 21. So, um, yeah, I thought, uh, yeah, I was I was kind of surprised when I saw that. I thought he I thought he still had time left on his deal. Um, he made $11 million last year, but he's an unrestricted free agent right now. Um, so, yeah, unfortunate uh, for Olivier coming off that injury. Um, you know, it's kind of sad because, man, he really did. He was playing so well. He had, uh, and I don't have the stat in front of me, but he, over his last eight games, he had like, what, seven sacks or something like that. Um, I mean, he was playing so well. Uh, it, it's really a shame. Um, you know, to see a guy go down, especially, especially like, like you said, coach earlier when he's playing for a contract and everything to sustain an injury like that. But, um, really wish he was healthy to where he would be a guy vying for a contract with the Browns now, you know, with the, with the way he was playing too. Yeah. So you guys have any, any thoughts on Olivier Vernon? Um, what do you think the Browns, um, what do you think the Browns should do or will do? with a guy like that who's an unrestricted free agent with an injury like that. Do you, do you think a team will sign a guy who's 30 to some kind of a deal to help him rehab and, and get get back, or, or is he pretty much on his own until he gets, you know, until he gets healthy? Um, yeah, that's, that's – especially when you get injured, and I, I, I know the feeling of definitely being injured. And he was having a great season. I, I think it would be it would be nice if the Browns brought him back, you know, for one year or something and see if he still had anything in the tank because, um, you know, that just seems like the right thing to do. But, hey, when it comes down to wins now, nobody cares about right. So, hmm. um, well, that's true, yeah. Yeah, so, I, I mean, it, it appears that, you know, his time may be up with us. And he have to probably have a prove it deal. But as for his age, thirty, popping a wheel, that's that's pretty pretty tough. You know, I know yeah. we got great new methods to healing and all this other stuff. But if I didn't learn anything about NFL scouts, they read and document everything about your body. And so uh, that's not the only issue he probably had. He probably had other issues as well. But hopefully, you know, that look past that, he gets back healthy and, it, you know, go out the way he wants to go out, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, I sure hope so. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, I I just hope that, you know, he has an opportunity to at least get back on the field and, and see if he still got something left in his tank. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's just too bad. Yeah. Feel for the guy, and I wish him the best. Roger. Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, let's uh, let's move on to a guy I've been waiting to discuss ever since I wrote his name down. Didn't know who he was until I looked him up, and that's Curtis Weaver. He is 22 <laughs> years old, six foot three, two sixty five. Uh, didn't play last season. Uh, he but he um, he was claimed off waivers from the Dolphins last August. Okay, and the Browns claimed him. Um, when a spot, they pretty much claimed him when they put Grant Grant Delpit on IR. So you guys might remember that deal happening, and there was a little bit of uh, talk about it at that point because uh, Curtis Weaver led pretty much led his conference. Uh, I think the Mountain West in sacks, and he was uh, he was um, a, a top recruit coming out of the. Uh, out in the draft, but he was injured. So he, he had a foot or a foot and or an ankle injury. Um, the, uh, the dolphins, uh, decided to let him go and the Browns picked him up, carried him with this injury. And I'll be honest, I haven't had a chance to check to see how he's doing with this injury. I'm, I'm hoping the guy's healthy because if he's healthy, uh, he could be a contributor and the Browns have him, on this cheap deal where he's making six sixty and twenty one, eight ninety five and twenty two, a million and twenty three, and then a a free agent in twenty four. And I watched a little bit of video on, on or a little bit of tape on Curtis Weaver, and it, it, it's the Mountain West guys. So you know, um, it, it's you know maybe it's not the 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 greatest football conference, but um, I think the guy probably has. I think the guy looked pretty good. I think he's got deceptive speed. Um, he's got some nice moves to get to the quarterback. I think he's a guy who could grow into a, a pretty nice defensive end. If he's not going to be the starter, he could definitely be a guy who you would want uh, coming off your bench and really you know, making some disruptive plays. So I think the Browns could have something in Curtis Weaver, assuming that he's – that he's either healthy or going to get healthy. Oh yeah. So, so Jeff, I know I, I texted you about him to check him out. So, um, I'll let, I'll let you talk about him or, uh, just give your thoughts if you, if you have anything additional to say. Yeah, I think the, the contract and the fact that he was a fifth round draft pick, um, and you know, has that pedigree um, makes him worth investing in. Um, none of that money is guaranteed. You can kind of go year to year with him and see how he develops. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's on the roster, depending on, again, who we bring in um, to start ahead of him. But um, I, I'm surprised. I, I really, to be honest, didn't remember this guy even joining the it, team. But um, I didn't doing either. some research on him. Um, you know, I think I think he's got the best chance probably of, of all these young guys um, of sticking. I think so. Um, yeah, as soon as I read about Grant Delpit and his injury and that being the move, I remember because I remember people talking about Curtis Weaver and how he and he was. Uh, he was a set. He was graded as like the number 
as like the 24th best prospect in the draft, but he slipped to the fifth round because of his injury. So, um, so, so, we'll, we'll, so the we'll Browns, so the Browns gave up a fifth rounder for Ronnie Harrison, right? And they basically got Curtis Weaver, who was a fifth rounder, as a waiver wire guy. Mm-hmm. So, so that's kind of a wash, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> Do you know, you know anything about Curtis Weaver, Coach? Well, I just want to make something clear. I hate Boise State. That's where you went to school at. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just had to be clear on that one before we started. Um, yeah. So, so this guy here, um, I remember him see, seeing him play. Uh, some of my old buddies from uh, Boise State stuff were talking about him. So he can put his hand down or he can stand up. And just like you said, uh, Mr. Rod, this guy does have deceptive speed. Um, I think he's a steal. I really, really do. Um, just got to figure out the speed of the NFL game. But he is a, a good project to work on. Um, always busy. Always trying to get to the play. I mean, this guy, he can. I know that, you know, the NFL got different types of speed and stuff at positions. But anytime you can get a D lineman to get his hand off that ground and, and drop in coverage, that helps out tremendously, especially for uh, defensive coordinators. Uh, that gives them a capability that they don't have, and that's deception. But that's all you do is deceptive, deceptive work in, uh, as a defensive coordinator, uh, just trying to deceive the uh, offense. But uh, his motor's always going. He's always trying to get to the ball. He fights through double teams all the time, at least the times that I saw him, especially when he played um, Utah State. Um, He's a good player. I I think he has a great shot at making a team because not only that, he could probably slide on down if he had to and play that D-tackle spot in like a NASCAR position or NASCAR uh, package. But I I think he's a good pickup. He's a dang on good pickup. I was high on this kid. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely with you there. So, um, yeah, I mean, just, just uh, well, we've got one more one more defensive end. That's uh, Trayvon Young, 25 years old, 6'4", 258. Did, did not play um, any snaps last season. He is signed for seven hundred eighty thousand in twenty one. I don't have any other information on him. Do you, do you have anything on Trayvon Young, Jeff? Uh, no, I mean the only practice squad guy. Game history. Yeah, the only game history he has is from two thousand eighteen. Okay. Okay. He's so a- I mean, he's kind of with that other group then. Right. Is he the kid from Louisville? I'm trying to remember. Yes. Yeah, I don't he have. Was it. A, he was a sixth rounder of the Rams back in 2018. And I think he had a cup of coffee with him. Okay. <laughs> cup okay. Of <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you you look at where the Browns are right now with, uh, you know, just to, just to summarize defensive end, you got Miles, um, you know, and then you've got. Uh, um, you've got Adrian Claiborne signed for a year. You've got, uh, and then you've got a bunch of guys who are, you know, practice squad free agent guys, you know, um, exclusive right free agent guys, um, you know, and, and 
and, and Curtis Weaver. So, um, you know, I mean, they definitely are, are going to be looking to add. And, you know, you can see why they're, why they're uh, you know, unless you bring Vernon back, but you don't even know if Vernon's going to be able to play effectively this season coming off his injury. Right. So um, This is a position screaming for a free agent signing. Absolutely, yeah. And, yeah. and they, you look at what the free agent signing would do if it gave you miles and then, you know, your free agent, and then you've got, like, Claiborne and Weaver – and you know, and and, uh, and Augustine coming off the bench, man, that's a strong position group, then. Right. So let's uh, let's move on to defensive tackle. Um, Andrew Billings, who sat this one out in uh, 2020, he is uh, 25 years old, six one, three twenty eight. Did not play, so he is still on the same contract, same same one year deal he signed for twenty one, which is a three point five million dollar uh, one year guaranteed contract um, for twenty one. So um, he would be a, a free agent in twenty two, uh, assuming he decides to play, you know, to play this year. So. Um, you know, I, I was pretty excited when he signed last year. You know, I thought he could come in and definitely help the Browns. Um, you know, he's big, you know, got a lot of size. I'm pretty, you know, I thought he was a good, pretty good player, a good pickup. So, um, you know, and his contract's guaranteed. So if he plays, I, I think he's he's making the team. He's on the team, right, guys? Yes. Yep. Yeah, he, he's on the team. Yeah, so um, so definitely. So uh, so I think that's an easy one. He, he's going to be around, and so let's hope he plays because I think he can definitely be a contributor. So then let's uh, let's move on to uh, to uh, coach's guy Jordan Elliott, twenty three oh. years old, six four three zero two. He played two hundred ninety one snaps, twenty seven percent of the snaps, had a fifty one point three PFF grade. Uh, he's due to make uh, eight hundred thousand this year, uh, one million in twenty two, one point one in twenty three. He would be a free agent in twenty four. Give us your thoughts on Jordan Elliott, Coach. That is my guy. <laughs> I've been following this kid since he was at Missouri. Even though he, you know, did not come out and do like incredible. Things like I guess how we perceive, you know, like guys that come in just off the streets ready to rock and roll. Once he figures out the game and figures out that he is better than the guy across the ball from him, you will know who Jordan Elliott is. This guy can play some ball. I mean, he he has his his hand techniques is pretty doggone good to be so young. I mean, I, I watched him in college doing nice swim moves rips, uh, uh, gaining ground. I mean, this guy can play some ball. I have never seen him go back. And that says a lot, especially in the league. Even when he played against, I think he played against the Bengals, if I'm not mistaken. He was out there against the Bengals. Mm -hmm. And I did not see him get pushed back. Yeah. That's when you know your guy is doing his job. Now, getting to the second level, or him getting to the next level, yeah, he, he can work on that because he's not able to get 
a little bit of separation per se. So he's still got to work on some things, but I think once he figures it out, he's he's going to be somebody to watch. I, I will say this until the end. <laughs> this kid is going to be a good ball player. Like, uh, I, I you know, I love Obi. Obi didn't play his best ball this past year. But I, I think this kid might be on his heels a little bit. I, I really do. If they don't bring somebody else in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, additional thoughts on uh, Jordan Elliott, Jeff? Yeah, Coach, you're not the only one saying that. Um, I've I've seen several people projecting Jordan Elliott to be one of the surprises um, on the defense next year. A guy who takes one of the largest steps um, in terms of um, his growth and uh, productivity. So. Let's hope you know, that everybody's right. I mean, I, I think, you know, there's there's a great chance that um, he sees even more playing time next year with Hogan Joby um, likely being somewhere else. Um, and then the question of, you know, what do you do with Sheldon Richardson? So um, it's very possible that, you know, we could have two really young guys in the middle of the line um, for a great deal of, of the snap counts next year or this fall. Yeah, Jeff, launching ahead to the summary when we're halfway through the segment, but nice, well done. <laughs> I think I think you're right, though. And yeah, I agree with you. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, Jordan Elliott only played, you know, playing 27% of the snaps. I mean, you know, um, he played, uh, what, he played about half as many snaps as, as uh, Larry O did, and uh, they, they had almost the exact same PFF grade, you know, if you depending on how much stock you put in that. Um, so, you know, he did well. You know, um, obviously we don't look at sacks so much for these guys in the middle, but uh, I think I think you're right. I think he's going to, you know, I think um, being this young of a guy, uh, he's definitely got a lot, he's definitely got room for growth, and, and uh, I, th- I think we're going to see it, so. Uh, so let's move to Larry Ogunjobi, and then we'll go Sheldon Richardson, and we'll kind of get a, a picture of what's happening here on this defensive line. So uh, Larry Ogunjobi, only 26 years old, uh, 6'3", 305. He played 612 snaps, uh, 57%. At a 51.4 PFF grade, uh, Jordan Elliott's was 51.3, so almost identical. Uh uh, Larry Ogunjobi is a free agent this season uh, in 21. So, um, so I guess we'll see what the market is for him, or, or you know, what the Browns want to do. Uh, but yeah, I agree with I agree with Coach that uh, I don't think he played his best football this season. Um, he didn't stand out, you know, like we would expect to, like we, you know, probably would have hoped he would have. Um, Maybe it's tough on that defensive line with all those guys there, but, uh, you know, um, I, I hope to see a little bit more from him. So, Jeff, I'll let you start on Larry Ogunjobi. What do you think the odds are that the Browns are serious about trying to bring him back? And what kind of offer do you think they would make to him? Or do you think it's one of those where they kind of sit on the sidelines and, you know, see what kind of offers he's getting from around the league? I, I don't see them re-signing him. Um, 
just like coach said, I think he pretty much played himself off the team this year, um, which is too bad. You know, again, he, he put in the work and I mean, he's a physical specimen starting the season that just didn't turn into productivity. So um, I think, you know, it, you're looking at probably north of 5 million a year to resign him. Um, and I think the Browns just have better values in younger players um, with more potential upside. So uh, the chances of him being on this team in the fall, uh, 10%. 10. You agree with that, Coach? Or where are you with, with Larry O? I'm thinking he's got to do a prove it year. Um, anywhere in the ballpark between two to three million. I, I don't see them even giving up five million, to be honest with you. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if it was because of the scheme. I, I did notice that, like, what, what was different about Larry this past year, it appeared that they had him doing more of two gap reads. And he's not built to do two gap reads. I mean, he's strong. Don't get me wrong. But he's one of those penetrator type D tackles. You know, Larry is not a one technique type of guy. He's a three technique. And you tell him which gap to hit and he goes. But if you tell him to stand up and hold his ground and not move, he's not nearly as going to be as effective as he could be. He's not Sheldon Richardson. That's what he do. He, he yeah. gobbles up running lanes. That's what Sheldon does. Guys yeah. like OB are not, he, he doesn't have that. So, I mean, you could tell even when he has good pressure, he's going up the field because he has one of the quickest first steps as a D tackle, probably in the league. Mm-hmm. His first step is fast. I mean, it's really, really good. But then after that, if you tell him to hunker down, it's, you're not going to get what you want. <laughs> and uh, I, I think it could be the, the scheme that they were using, trying to make him uh, gap read because they were trying to hold up or uh, pretty much trying to hide away their deficiency at the Mike Backer spot. I think that was probably the reason because we wasn't coming downhill fast enough at the Mike Backer or even the Sam Backer position fast. Um, that's why you have them pretty much do the two gap read to buy them time to come up and make the hits. But um, yeah, it, it, it just, he didn't seem like he was comfortable out there. So yeah. I think if I'm Obi, I recognize that my money is not going to be long. So I, I think I would try my damnedest to come back for one year with the Browns, sign maybe a two or three million dollar contract and go out there and ball out and, and, and do as much as you can. So you can get that big time uh, check. That, that's how I see it. I, I don't even see him really going to any other team and shining. I mean, he's going to get he's not going to get that big money. It's going to yeah. have to be a one year prove it deal. Why not stick around? Well, I, mean, I think it'd be good for the Browns if if they could get him on a good deal, you know, just for the depth. If they, you know, if they have uh, he and Elliot and and uh, and uh, you know Billings, and uh, we'll talk about Sheldon Richardson here next. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, if that's what it works out, I don't think most people in Cleveland would have a problem with it. So, uh, Sheldon Richardson, guys, uh, thirty years old, six three. I got 294 written down. That does not seem like enough for Sheldon Richardson. 
I'm thinking that's like freshman year of college weight or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he played 747 snaps, uh, 69% of the snaps, uh, 68.6 PFF grade. He's due 13.1 million in uh, 21. That's that's non-guaranteed. So the Browns can't cut ties with uh, Shoulder and Richardson. He would if uh, if he stays with the team, he would be a free agent in 22. So. As Jeff alluded to, Browns have a decision. I mean, uh, Sheldon Richardson's obviously, uh, you know, a great player. He, you know, he he definitely earned his money last season, whatever he made last season. Um, I don't have that written written down or in front of me, but uh, you know, you got to look beyond the sacks and just look at how he played. And I th- I think he played pretty darn well last season. Uh, he, he was. You know, uh, pretty darn important for the Browns. So, uh, question is, you know, you're, you're looking at uh, at salary and, and 13.1 million, and can the Browns do better going with the combination of of Andrew Billings, Jordan Elliott, and you know, and and Larry Ogunjobi maybe, and and maybe a, a you know another draft choice or or something like this, or or do you keep Sheldon Richardson around for another year and pay him $13 million. Keep him around. I'm with it. I'm sorry. So Sheldon Richardson only missed three games in all seasons that he played. Matter of fact, this year is probably his third best season. His number one best season was in 2013. His second best season was 2019. And then his third best season was 2020. Okay. The guys have more. No, he had the same sacks as he did in 2018, four and a half. So he's not missing the beat. And he brings a wealth of doggone veteran savvy to that position and to that locker room. I, you know, I think you just go ahead and just keep that guy because who's going to replace him? We don't have anyone that can. Are we going to, you know, roll the dice, draft the guy, bring him in? Who hasn't been proven? At least with him, you can still, you know, if you were to draft somebody, you still got him to teach that young kid the ways. But one thing I can say is dependability. He is a dependable player. He comes with that lunch hat or that lunch pail and hard hat. I got to keep that guy. He's a baller. Yeah, well, I think if you let him go, you're hoping that Billings and Elliott, especially, are are ready to, you know, to really play well. You know, you have to have a lot of confidence in those two guys because I don't think you have any idea what's going to happen with Oak and Joby. And, and you're absolutely rolling the dice on the draft. Uh, and, and I have no idea, you know, if, if you're going to be able to get somebody in free agency that's anywhere close to the Sheldon Richardson for, you know, enough less money that, to make it worthwhile. Uh, Jeff, do you do you have uh, Sheldon Richardson up there? Can you tell us what he made last season? It was right around thirteen, Rod. So he so um, he made the three, same money last three, season. Yeah, number three okay. player on the team salary wise. Um, I mean, I, I I can't really argue with anything Coach said about you know his body of work. Um, no, I, I think he's probably you know a top three player on the defensive side of the ball um, on this roster. Um, the problem is, and we've talked about it a lot is where we sit money wise and what we have coming. 
Um, just on the on the um, total roster money commitment side, um, we've got over 135 million committed to offense in 21. Uh, we've got just under 57 million committed to defense. So it, it's going to be tough to go out and fill fill all of those needs on defense uh, because we're, we're really locked up on the offensive side in terms of the money that's committed, the dollars. Um, so I just think that unfortunately we have much greater needs on defense that we're going to have to spend money on, um, to really fix the defense than to be able to afford the luxury of paying our defensive tackle, $13 $13 million. I mean, that, that 11 and a half that we're going to save on the cap can go a long way toward filling these other roles that we really need to, to solidify the defensive side of the ball and get us to a Super Bowl. So as much as I, I love Sheldon Richardson, I, I'm, and I think he's been a great signing for this team, and, and I agree, Coach, your best ability is your availability. I've said that many times. Um, I just think looking at the numbers, he's one of the highest probability guys to be a cap casualty. Yeah, I, I'm not going to disagree with you just because of the money they can save if they need to use that money for something else this season. Because if they don't need it this season, there, there's really no reason, you know, to to part ways with them. Uh, you know, it's going to depend on what they think they need to do this season. You know, and maybe that depends on, uh, you know, the free agents are looking at signing, you know, for other spots right. versus, you know, how they're going to uh, fill in the draft and, and, and other ways. So, but yeah, he's definitely right. a guy with a little check mark by his name as a guy who could possibly save them some money. But what, what if you can go out and sign Von Miller, coach, but it's going to cost just, you know, $16 million a year? Well, I think we're going to find someone who wants to restructure a contract. <laughs> yeah, and that, that'd be tackle spot. I mean, if if you if you had a chance to look at the games, you can see that Sheldon Richardson, he was really hiding our Mike Backer plays. Like he saved he yeah. saved a lot of butt out there at that linebacker spot, and you know, I. If they somehow are able to find the next Mike Backer who comes in and can play that position, um, then, yeah, maybe I would let go or consider letting go of a Sheldon Richardson. But till then, we're so, you know, not good at that, that linebacker spot until it'll be almost like killing ourselves. You know what I'm saying? Because we That's are valid so point. bad at that spot. We are just yep. terrible. So I mean, you know, I'm looking at the, the 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 bigger picture. If I was Joe Woods, Coach Woods, sitting down looking at film, I'm like, hey, we want to go ahead and let Richardson go, but look what I have to work with on the second level. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't I know agree. if yeah. going to turn the eye, turn the corner. I don't know if you know Taki has some good moments. You know, he's a run thumper, but he's not a Mike backer. He's really a Sam or a Willie backer, to be honest with you. I say a Willie backer. Mm-hmm. But, um, 
Yeah, yeah. That, that's that, that's what would keep me up at night. If, you know, I had to make a decision like, okay, who's going to be the, the cap casualty on my the, the defense side of the ball? The first of many, Coach. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're, yeah. yeah, they're coming. They're coming, <laughs> yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, that hurts. Yeah, well, let, let me uh, bring up the last guy then, the defensive tackle, Vincent Taylor, 27 years old, 6'3", 3'11". He played 195 snaps, 18% of the snaps, 56.4 PFF grade, and he is also an unrestricted free agent this season. Um, so I guess the uh, question is, the Browns want to uh, try to get him back? I guess he's... He's really the only uh, UFA at the defensive tackle spot. Right, well, he and uh, Larry Okunjobi. So, um, anything about Vincent Taylor makes you guys think that the Browns may try to bring him back? Jeff? Not a single thing. Nothing. Okay. <laughs> Coach, anything? Yeah, I'm in the same boat. <laughs> All right. All right, so... So let so let's take a look at DT then. We got uh, really you, you're expecting to have Andrew Billings on a a, a one year three point five million dollar deal. You got Jordan Elliott on a essentially uh, we got him for three more seasons, eight hundred thousand this year. Um, Sheldon Richardson would be and Sheldon Richardson would be thirteen point one million. So you got those three guys. Everybody, you know, these other few guys are free agents. Uh, you don't know what's happening. Um, if you if you couple the defensive ends and the DTs, you really got all your money wrapped up in, in Miles and, and Richardson. But the two of them together are making what uh, twenty two point four million in twenty one, and the rest the rest of the guys that you have signed. You know, aren't making much more than are probably aren't even making ten million total. So it it's very interesting to see what the Browns would do. Do you guys think that um, Sheldon Richardson and Jeff? I think Jeff kind of brought this up. Do you think it matters what the you know uh, the uh, the future of somebody like Richardson? And or what they would do with any of these other guys depends on a big free agent signing or any other free agent signings. How much of that is a factor versus just the play and the, the contract that is in place for these guys? What do you think, Coach? Hmm. I, need, I need to think about that one. I guess I'm probably you know, talking yeah. most about Richardson. Um, yeah. Maybe maybe uh, Adrian Claiborne. Um, those are probably the two biggest guys. The other guys are really free agents and practice squad guys. The other thing you need to consider, Rod, is we're sort of forgetting about the Vernon money that's already yeah. committed to the defensive line. Yeah, the $11 million that he made last season. That's true. Right. That's right. true. Yeah, so if you go across the defensive line last season, you, you had Miles, um, Richardson, Ogunjobi, you know, and and uh, and Vernon. And Ogunjobi really wasn't making much last season, I'm sure. But, yeah. uh, 
you know, but the other guys were all were all making big money. So you're taking Vernon out of that equation, and and you're expecting to plug in. You're expecting slash hoping to plug in one of these two big free agent guys to kind of use that Vernon money. Um, so I guess the question is, do you really think you need to part ways with Sheldon Richardson then? Um, or are you just using money that was already accounted for? Use the money that was already accounted for. And then probably have that free agent sign a two-year deal that's front-loaded. I don't think, looking at Andrew Barry's body of work so far, like when he brings free agents on, it's, it's most of the time like a one or two year deal. It's mm-hmm. almost like a prove it deal uh, when he signs people. Uh, I, I think if we were to bring in like a Watt, it would be a two year deal. And the only reason why we'll bring him or even like a Miller is if the Browns truly believed that they were going to compete for a Super Bowl that year. Because I really don't see him burning up money like that. Not anymore. Not like in the old days. Well, I think after last season, I think the Browns do truly believe that they are competing for a Super Bowl, you know, in the next two seasons. I think they do. I think that's what they're trying to build. You know, whether it happens or not, you know, we we don't know, but um, I think that's I think that's the goal, and it certainly you know should be within reach as far as building a team that's competitive for that. I mean, obviously, we we know how the season goes, guys. You can you can put the best team together on paper, and and stuff can happen. Uh, the best the best team does not always win the Super Bowl. I mean, it just right. doesn't happen. So. Um, but I, I like I like the Browns' chances for competing for titles over the next couple seasons, you know, based on what they did last season, and based on the men in charge. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. I guess I mean, and also, I mean, we're we're focusing on defense, but like, and I hate to say it, but what is really the likelihood of keeping OPJ? Or Landry, those two are taking up a lot of salary. And we haven't even discussed Baker's extension. (laughs) You know, that stuff I don't even want to talk about. But, I mean, you know. Well, we talked talked wide receivers and tight ends last week. And we actually talked uh, QBs and... and, uh, running backs a week before but we we really didn't get much into baker's extension and money as far as what it would be um you know i think that's uh, you know i guess we'll just have to see what happens there and when the browns decide to to do that um it's it's definitely a tricky spot um we've never been here before (laughs) no we haven't it's unusual to have to think about um you know about cutting guys for for cap reasons and stuff because we have too many good players on the yeah, Browns. Absolutely. <laughs> Never thought I ever say that. Huh? Yeah. Too many yeah. good players. Good problem to have. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. We have this year and next year Baker on um, his rookie deal, um, and then things start getting interesting after that. So. 
Um, you have to look at this like this year and next year are those are our windows to go all in and be as competitive as we possibly can be. Yeah, yeah. Because after that, I mean, it's not that you can't be competitive, but you have to build the team differently. Yeah, yep. it's going to be a completely reformulated team. Yep. If you look yep. at if you look at over the cap going into to 23, 24, um, 23, there, we've got um, $81 million committed right now to, I'm um, going to say, about 18 players. Um, 24, we've got um, $35, $36 million committed to three players. That's it. So <laughs> by the time you get out that far, it's going to look like a completely different team, depending on who gets extended. Yeah, that's where so, you that's where you count on your GM. That's why you have a good GM. Well, that's what those guys get paid to do, right? Your cap specialists, they get paid to figure out and forecast, you know, where they can spend the money and and who who has to get cut because they're just not valuable enough um, in the big picture uh, for the money that you're going to have to pay them. Yeah, and it happens with NFL teams um, every season. I jotted down some names of some guys that um, are likely to be cap casualties this year. Um, I won't go through them because we're running kind of long, but um, every season there are opportunities to pick up guys like that. And Sheldon Richardson could potentially be one of those. Um, but when you're, when you're putting the finishing touches on a championship roster, um, it sometimes makes sense to bring in those 30-year-old, 31, 32-year-old guys on short deals who've been released because of cap considerations to give you those B minus B plus players that you were talking about earlier, Coach, that can give you the depth you need to get over that last that last hurdle. Yeah, definitely. It'll be fun to watch this team get put together, guys. Oh, yeah, that's going to be great. <laughs> well i think we're uh, i think we're gonna put a wrap on this so it's uh fun talking uh d line um we'll see we'll see uh if anything we said was accurate <laughs> in a few months <laughs> coach it's always great talking to you do you have any closing thoughts for us no i do not just just uh ready to See what this team is going to look like. Have a real off-season program. And let's just get this thing going. I'm so excited. I'm always excited about the Browns, though. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah. Jeff, have anything in closing? Um, I'm just going to throw out one name of the guys that I jotted down. And you guys can disagree with me if you want to. But um, William Golston of the Bucks. Um, he's 30 years old, defensive tackle. He's likely to be a cap casualty at five and a half million. How big a drop off would that be from Danny Shelton at, or I'm sorry, at, from Danny Shelton, I had him written down too. <laughs> Sheldon Richardson at potentially uh, a third the money. Those are the decisions Andrew Berry has to make. Yeah. 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 That's why those guys get paid the big bucks to figure that stuff out. You know, and at that point, yeah. it depends who, who you have on your team, um, you know, who you've signed. And if you feel like if you feel like that drop off, you know, if you feel like you've compensated for it other places, too, like like coach was talking about. 
Yeah. We've, we've got to get better in that in that back seven, or you know, or we're yeah. really going to be in trouble. So, yep, it's all got to come from somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Great talking to you guys. This has been the Browns Blitz. We will catch you next time.